thought that was my coffee. Whoo, <laughs> Okay, so I got asked to do a story time about finding out I was pregnant. So let's go. All right, so boom. Um, it was time for me to have surgery, uh, top surgery, uh, in March of 2013. I had to stop taking my hormones. I had to stop taking testosterone for six weeks prior to the surgery. After the surgery, I did not get right back on hormones. Why didn't I get back on hormones? I don't really know. I don't, I don't have an answer. I just sucked at taking my hormones. Anyway, so, um, you know, I was doing things that grown people do. And I was in a very monogamous relationship, so I wasn't using any form of contraceptives or anything. But in my defense, I didn't think I could get pregnant. I thought, you know, the eggs was hard-boiled at, at that point. Spoiler alert, they weren't. So, you know, I'm being grown. I'm doing the things. I'm enjoying having top surgery. Birthday comes around in July. Um, I go to Six Flags. I go turn up. I'm having the time of my life. But I'm getting fat. I don't know why I'm getting fat. Why am I getting fat? Well, fatter. Let's be clear. I've always been fat, child. One day I come home from work. Now, we're all the way in September now, just if you're keeping tabs. I come home from work, and my back is killing me, and I got to pee all the time. And nobody can figure out what's wrong. So I go to lay down and get a massage from my then-husband, my ex-husband. I lay down and it feels like it's a pillow under my stomach. So I get up and I'm smoothing the sheets out because I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Well, I took a pregnancy test. And I mean, we know what it said. I took like five more pregnancy tests because I just didn't believe it. And I was five and a half months pregnant. I found out at five and a half months pregnant. Do the math of how much time I had left before it was actually time for me to give birth. And so, yeah, that's, that's the story. That's, that's the story. Good times were had by all. I love my oldest daughter, Azalea. And yeah. I'll do a part two for my second pregnancy at some point. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtown by Podcast. We here with Caden Coleman today. You know what I'm saying? You might have seen me on his podcast last time when we chopped it up about different stuff. So be sure to take check it out. It's called We Don't Owe You Shit. And yeah, so tell the people who you are. What's going on, y'all? My name is Caden Coleman, like he said. Um, I am just a 30-something-year-old. Um, <laughs> no, I'm 36. Uh, I'm a gay, black trans guy, seahorse dad. Um, I have two daughters that I gave birth to. I'm an educator, advocate, consultant, keynote speaker, author, um, etc. Content creator, etc., etc. Um, currently residing in Houston, Texas. Okay. Where did you grow up and originally from? So I was born in Washington, D.C., and um, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, I don't play in Florida, but I did grow up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, and once I left Florida, I never went back. Got you. So what made you move to Houston? You know, to be honest, um, I was living in uh, New York. We were mm -hmm. living in Brooklyn, New York, and it was the middle of the pandemic. And I had just given birth 
to my youngest. And um, to be honest, here's what happens. A little story. Mm-hmm. Um, middle of pandemic, I'm getting ready to go to the uh, bodega, the corner store, whatever y'all call it. Um, <laughs> um, Definitely not bodega. Yeah, they call it bodega <laughs> in, in New York, and they call it the poppy store in um, Philly. <laughs> so whatever you call it, that's where I went. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I was going to the corner store, and I walk out, and there is a man who's butt-ass naked. I mean, dick just out on the steps of my apartment. And I was, was like... Was it big? I don't know. If I was... <laughs> what? <laughs> Gay! <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't like, hmm. It wasn't one of those moments. It wasn't like sexy. He was just naked and clearly mentally ill. Like, he was oh, mentally okay, ill. Okay. Turns out it was um, one of the residents in, in the apartment building, her son. Oh, um, okay. But... All I kept thinking about was how on top of each other we are in New York. And um, Mm. what a lot of people don't remember is that Journey was preemie. She was born a month early. She was only Mm. four pounds when she was born. So all I kept thinking was, I, mm -mm. (laughs) no. And so um, Journey's other dad, he brought up Houston. He was like, we should move to Houston. I had always thought about moving here because I... Eons ago, way back when, yeah. way well before transition and everything, I had some friends that, that lived here. And I was just so interested in moving here, but I just never took the leap. And so we decided that we were going to come out here and visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came out here for a week, and our goal was to see if we liked it and also find an apartment. Okay. And so that's what we did. And we've been here ever since. I actually love Houston, though. Yeah? You like it? So is there a big difference from the south and the north to you? Yes, but I'm used to the South. I used to live in Atlanta too. I've lived a lot of places. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I, I don't like it. I, I, I couldn't live in Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta is not. It's not my <laughs> cup of tea. Um, I could visit, but yeah, Atlanta is one of those places that you go to to get your shit together, and then once you get your shit together, well, back then it was. Mm-hmm. And once you get your shit together, you you got to leave because you're just going to hit this plateau. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. That's where I started my transition actually in in Atlanta. But there's definitely a difference um, in the sense of. One, not being on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Two, definitely price. Right, um, exactly. And just like, honestly, everything. Like, it's they're, they're polar opposites. Like, what mm-hmm. you would get in New York, you're not going to get here and vice versa. Yeah. But it's more comfortable for me here. Do you get, like, any Southern hospitality or do you feel the racism at all here? I don't ever feel racism here. Really? And, yeah. I mean, other than like in the politics and things of that right, nature. Right, right. But for the most part, I, I've not, I've always experienced people just being really nice to me and, yeah. um, especially when I have my child. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never had anybody be blatantly rude to me here. That's what's up. So, you know I cuss a bitch out. <laughs> I be waiting for it to happen. You ever play scenarios in your head? Hell like, yeah. I wish this bitch would. You just be expecting a bitch. But it never mm-hmm. happens. I be yeah. like, damn. Yeah, I guess guess in Houston it wouldn't be that bad, but if you go to like the rural areas, Mm -hmm. you can feel it beaming. Even me as a biracial person, you can feel it like you don't belong here. In order for women to have the right to have their own bathrooms, you have to ban transgenderism entirely. You can't just ban it for the kids. It's got to be entirely. In order for women to be able to have their own locker rooms at the gym, you have to ban transgenderism entirely in order to protect businesses from having to participate in weird occult sexual rituals like the transgender transition. 
you have to ban transgenderism entirely. So, like, speaking of politics and stuff, um, with all the anti-trans bills and stuff and the anti-abortion, you know, stuff in Texas, has that made you consider moving or? No. And the reason why is because recognizing the climate of this country right, um, yeah. is important. So, yeah, yeah. okay, I could move to a more progressive state, but how long until uh-huh. that's the, until that starts seeping over? I think that the idea of I've had a lot of people say to me, well, I guess it's time to move. And there's a couple of things, a couple of things that go along with that for me. Like, one, that's classist as fuck, because not everybody can just pick up and move. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm an advocate and an educator for a reason. My job is not to pick up and run away from the problem. My mm-hmm. my job is to figure out, all right, how can we fight this shit? What can we do? Um, for me, um, that's more being visible and having a presence. Um Nine times out of ten, you're probably not going to see me at a march mm-hmm. um, because I have my kids and I need to put their safety first. Also, I have really bad knees. I can't stand up for long. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But I'm going to do everything else. I'm going to make people aware and I'm going to educate people as best as I can. Uh, but I don't consider moving because let's be real. Even in the most progressive spaces, you're going to get racism. You're going to get homophobia. You're going to get transphobia. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some sort of pushback. Yeah, even though LGBT people make up about 7% of the population, which I think is funny, like people always bring up the reproduction thing, blah, 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 we'll get into that later, like y'all are, y'all are, they just trying to depopulate or whatever, so they're trying to improve gayness or whatever it is, so you know, even though we make only 7%, why do you think there's this big scope and scare all of a sudden on trans Um. people? I think about this every single day, to be honest with you. And the truth is, people are not going to recognize that this is all a smokescreen. Right. Um, what they I did agree. was they decided, what is the easiest group to target mm-hmm. and get everybody's eyes on? Mm-hmm. We're going to go after trans, gay, drag queens, mm-hmm. all of those people, and make it seem like they're indoctrinating kids and all this other bullshit. Um, yeah. Because it's easy for people to feel hatred towards us or to be bigoted, especially people in marginalized groups, because a lot of the times oppressed people are tired of being oppressed. So they mm-hmm. clamor at the opportunity to be the oppressor, even mm-hmm. if they're not realizing that that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's very apparent in the ways that they're sneaking in. Um, getting rid of diversity, equity, inclusion in certain schools, in certain places, mm-hmm. um, reinstating Jim Crow laws, um, mm-hmm. enacting things like in Florida where little girls can't talk about their periods. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? That's crazy. Realizing that it's a smokescreen and that eventually all marginalized groups are going to be um, targeted and recognizing that sitting here and puffing your chest out at the community, at the LGBT community, that may be fun for now, but you, you're starting to realize people realizing like, oh my God, they're coming after my rights. Oh no shit. So now you care. Mm-hmm. Like you get what I'm saying? Exactly. And it's, it's going to keep becoming apparent. Exactly. So do you think there could be, well, before I switch, what's crazy is I was talking to my dad about this and he's like this ultra conservative cishet man or whatever. And he was saying the same thing. He was saying, 
because I'm his child and he know what I experienced, he knows it's a real thing. At least I hope he do. <laughs> he and said, he exactly. He said, I think it's a smoke screen as well mm-hmm. because I, I was giving him rates of like divorce, how his generation have the highest rates of divorce mm-hmm. and different stuff like that. And I was like, it's not my generation that's the problem or it's not that it's these LGBT people. And like, he was like, you know what? It could be like a smoke screen to distract. Absolutely. Us from something absolutely because yeah. at the end of the day um i've never met a gay person or a trans person who's like you know what i wish all kids were gay and trans yeah most people in the community don't want their kids to be because the they know how hard it because is because of how exactly mm-hmm. um and then there's a fact that mm-hmm. most of us in the community were raised by cisgender heterosexual people mm-hmm. so who the hell was indoctrinating us and if seeing two men mm-hmm. kiss is going to turn a little boy gay why aren't all the little boys gay Right. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. None of it makes sense, but people latch mm-hmm. on to the bullshit. Because they experiment with each other, too. In school, we see it. You see what I'm saying? Listen, so they're experimenting they with it, each other as yeah. grown-ass adults. I've if you ever logged on to Jack and Grinder, you'll know. <laughs> Y'all husbands and boyfriends and them same people puffing out their chest talking about the gays, this, the trannies, that. They, they, they love us, actually. Yeah. So, like, in this, like, political climate, do you think we could see, like, an uptick of stealth people? Because I feel like we kind of seeing more people come out saying yeah. they detransitioning. Yeah. Too. Um, it's not that we're seeing. Okay. So let's, let's, let's think about it in the broader spectrum, spectrum of things. Right. Um, we're not seeing more people detransition. Okay. We're seeing more coverage of people detransitioning. Oh. And the reason for that is that's more of that smoke screen. What they want to do is they want to amplify the few people mm-hmm. that are that are detransitioning like, look, this person's detransitioning too. And then what they do is they they'll they'll I honestly truly in my heart of heart believes believe that a lot of these people were never truly transitioning to begin with mm-hmm. because of how they come out the gate like yeah detransitioning ruined my life and da 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 but girl who forced you because mm-hmm. I've never the hoops and hurdles you have to even go through mm-hmm. to begin your transition you knew what mm-hmm. you were getting yourself into nobody forced you to nobody coerced you to nobody convinced you to you saw something that resonated with you and you thought this might be for me. You mm-hmm. figured out that it wasn't for you, which is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I'm all for people detransitioning, transitioning, retransitioning, whatever it is you want to do, mm-hmm. because life is fluid. You're finding yourself. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's when you start that rhetoric. But then on top of that, what I think is, I think we're going to see less people being stealth because mm-hmm. I think people are recognizing the need for visibility. Mm-hmm. Um, the need to come out and say, wait a minute, this shit that they're talking about is not making no sense. Right. And here's how I know because I live it. Mm -hmm. Now, being stealth-like at work and things of that nature, most likely because if I don't have any protections there, I got to do what I got to do because we all got to eat. Yeah. So like... Like, as far as your visibility, have you ever considered being stealth at one point? (laughs) Why? (laughs) I, my motto is I didn't step out of one box to step into another. Right. Um, I love who I am. I Mm -hmm. love that I'm trans. You know, a lot of cisgender people think that trans people aspire to be cis. And I'd be like, no. I don't want to be a cisgender man. Cisgender men are trash. I said it. I date them. I know. They're trash. Um, And y'all who date them, y'all know they're trash too. Um, (laughs) But I don't aspire to be cis. I love the, the... 
parts of my identity that have come together to make me me. Yeah. Um, I love that about myself. I think I'm unique in ways that people couldn't even fathom. And so why would I want to hide that? I'm proud yeah. of it. There's this debate of whether trans men have more privilege, trans women have more privilege. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to privilege, in my opinion, I think that trans men mm-hmm. have more privilege than trans women, specifically black and uh, BIPOC trans women. Um, of course, we, we, we're not going to get into the layers of intersecting identities and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. But the thing about being a trans man, especially... Um, one who physically transitions, um, it's hands down, it's just easier for us to mm-hmm. blend, <laughs> which can be a double edged sword because that makes us invisible a lot of the times. People don't mm-hmm. even acknowledge that we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But when you are a trans woman, now you have to deal with one, having these societal pressures to pass which is a lot more difficult unless you have thousands and thousands of dollars or mm-hmm. unless you was already cut 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 cut, cut before you started your transitioning <laughs> right right but like for a lot of people they're they're, they're not cis assume for a lot of trans women mm-hmm. um so they have to navigate the world like that but they also they're also going to they're going to deal with the the prejudices and the discrimination that comes along with being trans, but then they still have to deal with misogyny and misogynoir. Mm-hmm. And then they have, then they have cisgender women coming at them. It's like everybody is always attacking trans women. Mm-hmm. Um, even in spaces where the attack probably should be on us, for example, um, inclusive language like birthing people and things of that nature. That, that's us. That was the reason that those were invented, not for trans women. But everybody on social media is still coming at trans women for mm. some strange reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, you know, <laughs> when I think about like a pyramid for, for privilege, I honestly feel like black trans women are at the bottom, which is why I advocate for uplifting them so much. Yeah, that's always something that a lot of trans men feel uncomfortable talking about because a lot of the times we grow up experiencing deep sexism. Mm -hmm. So it's like, no, trans women are born male, so they have privileges and and it's that it's that that slippery slope so the only time i think that that slope is slippery is when that trans woman is white and rich right like Mm -hmm. caitlin jenner (laughs) exactly like nobody can't tell me that caitlin jenner doesn't it doesn't still benefit from male privilege yeah she'll always be bruised to people (laughs) she will yeah yeah. i don't fuck with her and i will never misgender her but yeah even to the black community she's always still bruce Mm -hmm. but because she spews so much anti-trans rhetoric Mm -hmm. they'll latch on to her word Mm -hmm. right they'll latch on to her word because it aligns with their beliefs Mm -hmm. their bigoted beliefs Mm -hmm. um same with you know like flame monroe for example even though she's not um, white, she's trans. Oh, yeah, that's She's true. trans. That's true. She just... Anyway, I don't she, fuck with her. She seems fuck to be her. non-binary. No, she's trans. Something. She's trans. trans woman, she's but... a trans woman, but she's trans. She's, she, listen to me, she's trans. And she... <laughs> She, everything that comes out of her mouth is talking about being old school and basically trying to debunk us as a, as a trans generation because 
she is pandering to cisgender people. So yeah. even though cisgender people may not fuck with the trans um, community, they will latch on to her word because, again, it aligns with their bigoted beliefs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it kind of reminds me of like those older white racist people. They just won't evolve and are just choosing not to yep. evolve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I see what you're saying. So... I remember I was reading an article about you, so many different articles about you. A lot of people plaster your face everywhere, even to be funny, like even some bigots mm-hmm. do that to be yeah. funny. But I remember reading an article um where you say you identify as a lesbian and your girlfriend at the time wasn't down with it, but y'all eventually broke up and then mm-hmm. you transitioned or whatever. Um How was that evolution going from a lesbian to a gay trans guy so for me um i identified as a lesbian because i thought that that's what i was supposed to do Hmm. i saw um and i know it sounds weird why would you get relationships with people and have sex with them and all the whole the whole thing Mm -hmm. just because you think that's what you're supposed to do the mind is a really crazy thing right and i remember Mm -hmm. the first time i really came into contact with um studs Mm -hmm. and i saw them being able to be in their masculine space and i was like oh that must be me Mm. and i was like i guess i'm supposed to date girls then (laughs) so i was dating girls um but I was always attracted to specifically gay men. Always. Really? All the whole time. The whole time I just always was attracted to gay men. But I was never comfortable approaching them or dating them mm. as a woman. That just felt wrong to me. It felt weird. And I was like, and to be clear, I didn't transition to date gay men. I didn't transition right, to gay right, to date right, anyone. Right. Uh, because people will take that and run, right? Exactly. Um So that was just an area of myself that I never even delved into. Um, And then when I started transitioning um, and I started being comfortable with who I like feeling comfortable in my own body, it was that's when I was like, you know what? I really want to explore my sexuality. I had a whole girlfriend when I first started transitioning. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to her and being like, hey feeling this weird thing um and i kind of want to explore it and she was so gung-ho about us being together she was like go ahead and you know if you want to have sex with men go ahead just as long as you come home to me and i was like no that's not what i mean that's that's not where i'm going with this you know it was a whole thing um but yeah it was it was there was a lot of pushback um there was a lot of i got a lot of hate People wanted mm-hmm. to fight me, especially trans men wanted to fight me. I, I don't get that. Um, the gay trans men were not a thing 10 years ago. Black gay trans men were not a thing. At 10, least they 12, weren't 13. out. Yeah, yeah right. Uh-huh. They were all DL and all that stuff. <laughs> they were still getting um, fucked, but they just were, yeah. you know, doing it behind having a girlfriend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It was one uh, trans girl that told me that. A lot of trans men that she deal with or have dealt with remind her of quote unquote trade. She said trade. It remind me of trade. <laughs> and they behave like it, like it's triggering for her because a lot of ways that we are, you know, are that of cisgender men. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I mean, we are men. That's why I be trying to get some people. And men are trash. All of us. All of us. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, exactly. But, yeah, but yeah. how is like dating 
been as a gay Shoot. trans man, like dating cisgender men? Like, what are the worst experiences? Um, so when I first came out and started dating men, um, it was really difficult to navigate when to disclose that I was trans because, again, I was like one of the only black gay trans men out there. So, you know, men would approach me all the time. And we'd start conversing, and then I'd be like, hey, so how do you feel about me being trans? And they would gag and disappear, and, oh, so you don't, (laughs) wait, so you're turning into a woman? No, 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 baby, the other way around. So do you have a dick in the closet? (laughs) Um, And so there was a lot of letdowns and things of that nature. Um, Mm. And now, now it's a lot of, I want you to have my baby. And... You know, that's kind of like a prerequisite to dating. And I'm like, no, (laughs) no, I'm not having your baby. Um, Or they just want to try a trans man or like a lot of gay cisgender gay men will entertain a trans man, but never truly take them seriously Mm -hmm. and always still secretly want cisgender men Mm. um, in the background. It's kind of like they want us as their like side. You yeah. know, like our we the mashed potatoes, but, cake and eat it too. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so it's it's difficult. Um, I don't. I always tell people there's no there's no lack there's no lack of options. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's always somebody hitting on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what it comes with is people, especially cisgender gay men, they feel like they're doing us a favor by dating us like hey look at me i'm dating you despite you being trans Mm, that's crazy um and you're not doing me a favor so yeah i haven't dated a guy since um really high school and what's crazy is that ball i seen you at recently that that Mm -hmm. small ball i saw him there oh wow and what's crazy is people used to always say y'all just dating each other to cover up the fact that y'all are gay blah 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 <laughs> and we both was like no no like, y'all on some bullshit you know what i'm saying and then I love you. <laughs> and he came out as bisexual and he presents more feminine now and which i've been kind of having in mm-hmm. the back of my head but you know what i'm saying but that was the last time i ever dated you have any insecurities or if I'm being honest with you, yes. Um, there's a lot of insecurities that come along with dating gay men, and a, and a lot of it comes from feeling like you're not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, even though they love it here sexually, you'll still feel like you're not enough because um, a lot of gay men equate being gay to liking dick mm. and not liking men, right? Mm. So they can love you to death, and still be out here searching for dick, right? Mm. And the dicks that are in the closet are not enough for them, apparently, <laughs> even though they be on them on Twitter, like JC on said. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so there's a lot of feeling inadequate. And then there's a lot, and this is something that has been mirrored to me by other trans men a lot, is there's a ton of moments where you'll be dating a cisgender man and say y'all have a falling out, the first thing they're going to go to is, you'll never be a man, you're a woman, fuck you. Um, you, you. Like, 
I was told you'll never be a man because you got a pussy between your legs. And I was like, that's crazy because when you was sucking this dick, it was different. It, that, this was, I was all man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That type of stuff, like even to the strongest of people, will start to wear on you like, damn. Mm-hmm. So there is some insecurity. And, you know, a lot of people will have a hard time mm-hmm. um, admitting that. But I'm firm in believing that confidence doesn't mean the lack of insecurities right so i'm still confident in myself but mm-hmm. there are some insecurities that come with dating cisgender men just yeah period. yeah um i'm sure my bad i'm sure it's similar to dating cisgender women for some people you know what i mean because i've always had in the back of my mind like basically similar to you i was dating a cisgender girl um when i started transitioning and then I started to develop feelings after testosterone. And then she was cool with that or whatever. But my insecurity wouldn't allow me to continue with the relationship due to me having not having a penis and mm-hmm. her being a virgin and me wanting to have sex with her. And I, I me feeling like my plastic <laughs> wasn't my enough. Plastic. <laughs> wasn't enough. <laughs> I'm about to use that. My plastic <laughs> wasn't enough to break her hymen and shit like that. Mm. So, like, basically, I broke it off. You know what I'm saying? And we oh, never. Yeah, it was one of those times where I felt insecure. You know what I mean? And I was only 19, 20, like confused about my sexuality and DL. Like, mm-hmm. we, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. like we was just explaining. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've all been there, though. You know? It's like yeah. the circle of life. There, you know, these days, a lot of these these younger trans men, they'll never grasp the privilege that they have to be able to just bust out the gate. Like, yeah, I'm a trans man, but I'm also pansexual, and I'm pre T and I'm pre op, and people still flocking towards them. Whereas before, baby, you had to be that nigga for mm. people to want you. You 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 wasn't supposed to be gay. You wasn't supposed to be bi. You wasn't supposed to be doing nothing. You wasn't supposed to act like you had a vagina between your legs. You wasn't supposed to be getting fucked. You wasn't supposed to be verse. You had to be a top. You had to be hyper masculine. There's so many things that you were supposed to be. Um, and now they get to be all yeah. that they can be in the goddamn army. And I, part of me is jealous because I had, I was the one that was getting my ass handed to me in, in every aspect from the community and the ballroom scene everywhere. Um, and I had to stand firm in that. You were definitely the first black. I want to say the only trans guy I ever seen just openly say I'm gay and this is me and even have like feminine ways and be comfortable with that like definitely the first because like you were visible you really you were at one point it seemed like the most visible black trans man period i was for a long right and every time i say that somebody comes and says no there was somebody else and i'm like but we're we're okay yeah. i'm not here to i'm i always say when somebody says that i make space for everybody mm-hmm. so i'm like send me their way send send me their way so i can mm-hmm. uplift them as well because as mm-hmm. far as i know and as, as far as i felt it was just me mm-hmm. i was out here fighting for my damn life and nobody was coming to my rescue like nah kate and we in this together nobody was nobody was uplifting me so it felt like i was doing it by myself and a lot of people think that like my visibility just started a couple of years Hell ago nah. Hell but nah. i have been out here since 2013 um 
2013 ish. I, I mean, I was a little visible before that, but like mm-hmm. really in 2013. And my whole thing has always been like, you know, a lot of people they get on testosterone and they mm-hmm. feel like they have to be the opposite of who they were. And I just didn't feel that mm. didn't feel comfortable for me because mm. I don't want to feel like I'm putting on a performance every time I walk out the house just because I need to feel like I'm what society decides a man needs to be. Mm. And I wanted to be my genuine self. And this was my general self. I act like a gay man. I always have. And so I was never changing that. Yeah. And some people feel like, um, quote unquote, why transition to date men? Like why transition just to like men or have sex with men? How would you like, what would you say to them? I'm not going to say what I want to say. Like explain it to the, to the people that just don't get it. The first thing I feel is like cisgender people have so much audacity to really think that I would turn my life upside down, change my name, become my layers of intersectionality are all rooted in depression. All of them. Right. Um, Why I would do all of that just to date just for the simple thought of dating men. First of all, I don't know anybody who's transitioning to date. Right. We're not transitioning to date anyone, especially not nobody cisgender. I'm sorry. It's never been that deep. Most of y'all ain't even that cute. Because <laughs> you're not that cute. And your hair is uneven. You look dusty. <laughs> right? Fucking but right. Um, on top of that, just learn the difference between gender identity and, and, and sexuality. I don't understand how you can acknowledge the fact that there are men who exist that date other men. Mm-hmm. Right. Meaning that being a man in of itself does not mean that you're automatically attracted to women. Mm-hmm. Right. The same apl- applies to trans men. Just because I'm a trans man doesn't mean that I have to automatically be attracted to women. My attraction has nothing to do with who I am, just like cisgender people. Right. I'm allowed to have a different sexuality. It's not about staying a woman. And then also, I was never a woman. Let's start there. But also, that um, ideology is rooted in the fact that they all think that because we're dating men, we're bottoms. I'm a bottom, yes. But not all trans men that date men are bottoms. Right. So you're thinking, oh, well, you transition just to have heterosexual sex. Because what the fuck is that? Heterosexual (laughs) sex is a man and a woman. You're worried about genitals and how the sex is happening, mm-hmm. and which is literally none of your business, right? But also, like, you don't know what's going on in people's bedrooms. Right. You're just assuming. Right, right. So so do you ever come across, like, a lot of misogyny in the gay world at all? Like, do people ever, like, troll you saying stuff? Like, say you on an app, like a dating app, like a grinder or jacked, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Do they come to you, like, with a misogyny, like, type of shit at all? Like, Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, it usually rears its head in a way of somebody trying to hit on me yeah. and me not being interested. Yeah. And then they'll be like, you're just a woman anyway. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Or they'll feel like I owe them my body. Mm. You know how mm. niggas, one thing a nigga gonna do is always be a nigga, right? Mm. They'd be like, <laughs> you can blatantly say, hey, I'm not here for sex. And they'll pop into your inbox, let me eat that pussy. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It'd be like, I just told you. Yeah. Or if you politely decline them, they, they, there's like, there's still that. There's still that thing that cisgender women experience 
where if they decline a man, there's that aggression that happens, mm-hmm. that entitlement to their body. I experience that all the time. Yeah. So have you ever dated like trans men? How was that experience if you did? So um, I've not dated. I've never been in a relationship with a trans man. Mm-hmm. Um, up, my main interaction with other trans men has been sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, and usually it's in the form of a threesome situation. Mm. Um, like we'll dibble or dabble with each other. Yes. But there's usually always that component mm. of let's get somebody else. Right. <laughs> um, um, somebody else with a penis or just somebody else. Y- you, who are you talking about? <laughs> you already know the answer to that question. Got you. I just um, want to clarify. <laughs> um, um, I would do another trans man, though, like a threesome with all trans men. That would Have be I interesting. One, two. I got to think. But anyway. I feel yeah. like whenever I see trans men on trans man porn, it's always white. Guys. Yeah, that's... Yeah. that's <laughs> it's like damn can we but get more a lot fun of, there's a lot of black <laughs> trans men who dibble and dabble trust me on that i believe you um, you know that um <laughs> i believe but uh i like i told you the other day i had to realize that that was rooted in internalized um transphobia right um and me having that ingrained ideology that trans men are not fully men even though mm. i know different right it's like a implicit bias right so i had to unlearn that and now i'm definitely more open to dating trans men but that doesn't right. mean i'm open to dating all trans men i just need to throw that out there because <laughs> some of y'all be tripping <laughs> i feel you so i get approached by trans men but I, sometimes i never know if it's on some <sighs> homeboy stuff or because like i've had people flip like um <laughs> same with studs though but i remember like it me not grasping if it was stud on stuff like a stud on stud situation like i didn't grasp that hey, on stud. love a little stud on stud situation. i didn't that grasp that thing. and then yeah when i transitioned <laughs> i didn't grasp trans man on trans man either yeah but now i'm starting to see more couples and mm-hmm. i think it's cute you know what i'm saying yeah and a lot of them approach me and like it's interest studs approach me too i never really know how to navigate they always that. they always are gonna approach you like a bro yeah okay what's up bro yeah and you'd be like what's up? i i've gotten to the space where i know like I'm not mm. new to this. I'm true to this, right? So I mm. always can tell. Yeah. It's for me. It's an energy thing. I don't even know. Like they don't really. I. I not that I've ever spoken to them before. Yeah. I can just always tell when somebody wants to either hit on me, fuck, whatever. I can just always tell from the initial message. But they always start with like a bro thing. See, and I, I'm oblivious to it when men yeah. doing, and that goes for cisgender men. And that's something I kind of resent. I be thinking like, is it because I'm socialized a certain way and I don't pick up when dudes are trying to hit up on other dudes? Like, because I never pick up on it. Probably. You know probably, what I'm saying? Um, but also because it's it's how you're socialized but also how they're socialized if they don't Mm. know if you get down right Mm -hmm. they're gonna approach you on some buddy buddy shit and fill you out before they actually hit you up hit on you in some type of way Mm -hmm. so unless if you if they hit you up on some what's up bro type shit and you start calling them homie and all this stuff and really friends on me friends on me 
friend zoning them, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, they're not really going to try it. Mm-hmm. But if you get on some like flirty shit, like if they send like a little heart emoji and you send yeah. heart emojis, and then they'll probably be like, so you know, and they'll start slipping little yeah. like things in there. That that I could pick up on if it's just like real bold. But like, yeah, it, like say for instance, it's some dudes at my job where i'd be unsure if they be flirting or not like offering to buy me lunch and and most people i tell they'd be like yeah yeah like yeah i mean but i'd be like but what if it's just on some okay but but i there's straight men are not just like hey let me buy you lunch that's not how straight men (laughs) operate for the most part especially if they're black i don't know if they're black or not but um there's usually that means there's usually he's trying to figure you out and like you you are just oblivious and (laughs) exactly you know unless he's real bold y'all are just gonna keep doing this like parallel play thing (laughs) that's exactly how it goes so like i declined i was like no i'm good like (laughs) oh so you let him know that you wasn't interested cool So I don't know because I didn't. I genuinely didn't want breakfast at that time. So. Like I'm not hungry. <laughs> exactly. So I didn't know shit. So like, what is your take on DL men? I'm. It's not for me. Um, yeah. In any shape, way, shape, or form, because what are you hiding from? Yeah. Um. I'm not interested in. I. I don't even like trade. I do not like hypermasculine men. I'm not interested. It, I think <laughs> hypermasculinity is the biggest turnoff to me. Um, I don't want to have to be sneaking and creeping and, and doing all that weird shit yeah. just for a, some lackluster dick. Because let's be real, that's what it is. Or uh, some la- lackluster ass. If that's what they're looking for. But like, I'm just not interested. Like, I I hear DL and I automatically think about a, a man who doesn't take his hygiene seriously and i don't know why but i personally i love i love a butch queen i love a man who's comfortable in his masculinity and his femininity or even leaning more feminine than anything else um so that like to me that exudes confidence it it just oozes yeah sexy to me um and dl men just don't give that to me yeah, I don't even know my type when man. People always ask me. I'd be like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I ain't experienced enough to really know. I don't know. What do you need to experience to know what you're attracted to? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I be, mean, I don't know. I, people always ask me. I'd be like, I don't know. Like, because I know I could look at woman, a woman and be like, like in public, for instance, and be like, damn. Like, mm-hmm. but I don't find myself really doing that to men. Like, for instance, my girl hypersexualizes men on purpose, like objectifies them on purpose because they do the same to her. So <laughs> she'll be like, damn, you got a fat ass or, mm-hmm. you know, just be an extra. And so I don't do that. Like, I don't be looking at dick prints and, you know what I'm saying? like I don't look at dick prints either. Because, yeah. I mean, what is a dick print going to do for me? That doesn't excite me. What in the eighth grade is going on? But, like, I don't know. I think that just has a lot to do with uh, your again, maybe something that's ingrained in you mm. that might be that Holding you're not back, recognizing maybe. that it might make you feel like less of a man or something like that. Because even people who aren't really attracted to men will can look at a man and say, "Damn, that's a handsome man." True. You know what I mean. True. So if that's just devoid. There might be something else yeah. kind of underlying in that. Yeah, I know when a guy is attractive, but 
I find it not like most people where it's like, I want to fuck him by looking at them. Or like, I would fuck him. See, when I see a man as attractive, uh, my first thought isn't I would fuck him. It isn't? Uh-uh. Hmm. And e- even as a gay man, I can, lo- I can look at women and be like, damn, she bad as shit. Like, mm. even though I know I don't want to fuck her. Mm. Like, at all. Mm. Like, not even a little bit. <laughs> mm, interesting. You know what I mean? So, so maybe I'm not crazy. No. Because no. <laughs> I'd be feeling like something wrong with me by not really objectifying We, don't, we, we live in a much. very hypersexual world, but that doesn't mean we all have to be operating from a place of sex. Like, sex mm. is great. I love sex. But my first thought when I see somebody is not usually, I want to fuck you. Yeah, and most people would find that kind of weird for me to say that, especially me doing OnlyFans and stuff. Like, what? What you mean? But that doesn't mean you have, and that's the thing. That's that stigma that they need to get away with. Like, you operate only on sex. That's crazy. Like, you are a human being. You don't have to be horny twenty four seven because exactly. you're on OnlyFans. Exactly. That's crazy. So they be they think that we're all whores, and which is fine if you are. But they right. think we all whores will fuck anything, and I am very specific. You see what I'm saying? Like I, I, I don't. Even, I barely even know what I want. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not just about to just be trying. Right, shit. right. I but feel that. If if it's, if the attraction is there, you know yeah. what I'm saying, is there. But do you think your experience being a black public figure versus a white one? Um, yes. Are there more challenges for you? Yes. <laughs> okay, like such as what, like. Do you think they the white ones get more opportunities? Absolutely. Or yeah. I mean, we know this. It yeah. has nothing to do with transness or anything. It's a, it's all about palatability. Yeah. Um, I talk about this all the time, especially in like my anti um, black and anti racism workshops and trainings that I do. Yeah. Um, there are trans men who do less than me as far as for the community or education or anything like that. Um. And all they do, all they've done mm-hmm. is give birth. Mm-hmm. And they far surpass me as far as like followers and support and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm constantly needing to churn out. I'm, I'm constantly need to perform like in my head. When I say this, I see myself as like this puppet that they, that I constantly need to be moving and shucking and jiving for them to be like, oh, okay, Caden's here. Either that yeah. or I need to be going through some sort of trauma because then they get oh. their savior complex and they're like, oh, let me come save him. Mm. Let me let me come let me come help this this poor black trans man out. You know what I mean? Um, whereas white people, all they need to do is exist. Mm. And, and it's and it's and I always make it a point, like in my trainings and stuff to ask people, how many black trans people do you follow? And usually it's just me. And I'm like, why is that? Mm. And they had, you can see their wheels turning. Like, I didn't even think about that because it's not <laughs> like a conscious thing. It's just yeah. white supremacy has taught us, taught us that white people, um, trans, gay, whatever, are more palatable. Yeah. They're easier to consume. They're easier to listen to. They're mm. more inclined to listen to them than us. Yeah. Even down to uh, your pregnancy and stuff, do you feel like the white ones that experience pregnancy get more opportunities and privilege too Um, specifically um, I have a very specific uh, example Uh, Danny the trans dad um, got pregnant shortly after me right Um, 
when he was in the beginning of his pregnancy or whatever, I don't remember if it was the beginning and I don't remember when it was. Um, he contacted me. He had about 8,000 followers. He was like, Hey, I wanted his goal was to gain followers. And I'm, I'm not, listen, I'm not a crab in a barrel mentality <laughs> type of person. Damn. I'm not going to gatekeep nothing. I'm going to help you if, if, cause people have helped me. So I'm like, I'm like, no, you got to do this. I, I'll get your stuff out there. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. He gave he got he got um, featured on one of the same platforms that I did, which is a friend of mine, um, badass mother birther. Um, and by the time he got he got he went he got featured after me, and by the time he got featured, he had twice the followers that I do. Mm-hmm. Now on Instagram, I think he's at a hundred thousand followers. On TikTok, he's at over a million, mm-hmm. and he doesn't do anything, mm-hmm. and he's white. And people are reaching out to him to do diversity, equity, inclusion training. What does he know about diversity, equity, inclusion besides being trans? Right. You know what I mean? They're like fawning over him to do these things. And he has no experience in any form of marginalization besides being trans. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, And that's how I know for a fact that all white people need to do is be white and exist Mm. to be seen as valid and palatable. Whereas me, if I even say the wrong thing, I'm losing followers like mm. everybody's I'm being looked at with a with with a fine tooth comb making sure that everything I say is valid and okay mm. so um how did it feel to be like one of the first pregnant men in general but not only just black to like go viral like what was that experience oh, <laughs> one thing I always tell people, because there's this weird ass narrative that's going around where people are like, yeah, Caden got pregnant so that he could go viral. What people don't know about me is I'm actually, uh, yes, I'm actually super shy and I had no interest in going viral. What actually happened was BuzzFeed re- reached out to me and they were doing a Father's Day thing. And I was like, sure. I think that's so dope that you want to include trans dads. Sure. Like, go ahead. Put me in there. They weren't paying me or anything. I was like, just go ahead. Put me in there. You was on TLC, too, once, right? I don't remember. You was on, like, a show, right? No, not T. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I know that sounds bad. I I feel like it was... I can't remember. I I think I feel like I I did see things. I was on a few things. I, I don't... And I know that sounds like... Oh, he thinks he's fat. No, my memory is just, <laughs> it sucks. Um, it's that bad. Gotcha. Um, and a lot of these things happened in such a whirlwind way that it, it like happened. And like, I still haven't even processed that it happened. Oh, right? okay. Um, but um, BuzzFeed had me on that thing. And then this lady, this freelance writer in the UK was like, hey, we want to do this um, feature on you for this UK based um newspaper we're gonna pay you x amount of money at that point i was poor i was like you're gonna pay me mm-hmm. just for me to do an interview go ahead yeah they kept talking they kept like writing me like okay the article's coming out this day and i'm like why do they keep okay just put it out it's in the uk who gives a shit and i'll never forget it because i had just got hired at the post office and it was my very first day of work mm-hmm. and i woke up because you know uk's on a different time zone i woke up to all these messages in my phone and I'm like what the hell is going on (laughs) baby that shit blew up I was like on my first day my phone is going ham Mm -hmm. insider edition yahoo all these people hitting me up and I'm like 
all I did was have a baby. Like, I'm confused. Like, what are you talking about? But like, it's, that, it's taboo. It, yeah, it was super overwhelming because all of these celebrities were sharing it and stuff. Oh, and I don't, I, I shut down my Facebook. I was like, I kept telling people, if you send me any of these articles or tag me in any of these articles, I'm blocking you. Like, I didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want all of that. Like, it wasn't yeah. something that I was looking for. And the amount of negativity and because I'm black, it's so taboo that you know the black community they're fucking ruthless and they were reading me for goddamn filth and all I was doing was living my black ass life like I wasn't thinking about nobody else mm-hmm. so it was super overwhelming like yeah yeah it was crazy yeah so one second um one time you said that um you didn't have the same pregnancy privileges that women may have. And mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting because that never sparked my mind till you said that, um, you know, like people getting up, mm-hmm. uh, to give up their seat for you, hold the door, you know, the, the, the basic fragility they mm-hmm. give to mm-hmm. cis women when they having kids. How was that? And like, also, do you think you would be comfortable if people knew and would give you, that attention like you wouldn't feel in danger at all if people knew you were so, pregnant right okay so yeah it's like a double-edged sword um, yeah. so not having those privileges and not even having a space where like if you're on public transportation and pregnancy is whooping your ass which it did and all you want to do is sit down because you're in pain you can't say excuse me sir can you get up um, and can mm-hmm. I have the seat because I'm pregnant mm-hmm. because you don't know if that person's going to look at you and like, all of a sudden want to off you because you know trans people make people so uncomfortable um, yeah they would be like what the hell going if on? that being said if I could have gotten that privilege without the danger. I would have definitely took it. Yeah. It did make it a lot more difficult. It did make it, um, and I had difficult pregnancies too. So it did make it like, it sucked. I'm like, damn, I, like besides, I couldn't convince people that I was pregnant. So even when I did out myself, they'd be like, child, stop lying. You ain't pregnant. And I'd be like, no, seriously, mm-hmm. <laughs> like dead ass. But nobody believed me. So there was like this invisibility happening, whereas everybody else gets celebrated like, oh, look, the baby, mm-hmm. you know, I was just a fat black man with a beer belly to them. Mm-hmm. You know? well, what about to people that didn't know you were pregnant, like people in your family and stuff that they were they excited for you at all? Um, so Maybe. the funny thing about me is I don't have much family. Uh, um, but the family that I do have, um, yes, they were excited for me. That's um, they were a tad bit confused. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, like my father, I was like, I'm pregnant. He, he was like, oh, okay. Like the first time and I got off the phone with him and I was like, I just told him that I'm pregnant with his first grandkid <laughs> and he like brushed it off. So I called him back a couple of days later. And I was like, did you hear what I said? He was like, I thought you were trying to prank me. I was like, no, I'm dead ass serious. And when it hit him, he was like, oh, okay. And so like, like then he was super excited. Yeah. Um, and then like my close friends were also very, very like, you know, they treated me like a pregnant person. Oh, um, okay. So I did get that bit, especially yeah. like my ex, my ex-husband, baby, yeah. he wouldn't let me do shit. That's tough. That's good. <laughs> I didn't have to wash my own ass. It That's was great. <laughs> so... 
I seen you get into it with like so many different people because that's what comes with being publicly trans and Mm -hmm. doing something quote unquote taboo and out of the norms. Even in transsexuality, like there's certain boxes that we put on each other or whatever. So I seen you get into it with trans women. I'd be like, damn, who is Caden getting into it? I didn't even know you at the time, but I was like, damn, who we getting into it now? I seen you get into it with a white trans woman. Or was she white or Hispanic? I don't know. You even get into it with so many different people. But I, one that particularly stood out to me was Angela Stanton. That crazy right. <laughs> And I didn't get why she was so pressed about the trans community until I saw her have a trans kid. Mm-hmm. Um and the way they the way they went at each other on like Dr. Phil and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I was like, Oh, it's not just she's it's targeting trans communities, she's yeah. also feeling the way. Yeah. So like when you got into it with her, I saw a lot of people defend you or whatever. I did too. I started to, <laughs> I started to, uh, report her Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people came for her ass, but what would you say to parents and people like her that feel like the trans community is a cult and taking their children away? I would tell them to them. grow the fuck up. <laughs> Honestly, because here's the thing. The fact that you couldn't tell that your child was, uncomfortable in their body or uncomfortable in their gender means that you failed as a parent, not because they're trans, not because they're gay, but because you were not paying attention to your child. You should know your child. You should Mm -hmm. have fostered such a relationship with your child Mm -hmm. that if and when they did come out as trans to you, it wouldn't have been a shock. You'd have been like, child, I already know. So when we we going to buy you a dress or like, how are we doing this? Like, I feel like some of them know, but they don't want to believe it. And then it's also a thing of when you have kids, it is not your kid's job to live up to your expectations and your beliefs. Mm -hmm. Your job as a parent is to guide your child to be a good person who they end up fucking, who they end up being, as long as it's not harmful to anyone else, why is it such a problem for you? You want to know why? Because it all has to do with your ego. It has to do with, you know, it's not about who your child is. You're worried about how others are going to perceive you because of who your child is. And you project that onto your child. And that, in my opinion, is a failure as a parent. And I honestly feel like if you can't love your child, if you are not willing to give your child unconditional love, don't have have no damn kids mm-hmm. and what's crazy is she kind of portrays herself as like that that angry black woman character like always angry mm-hmm. about something mm-hmm. like and she talk about how she think being trans is a mental illness and then people people say it like that like and try to bash people and be like it's a mental illness it's a mental illness but if it were a mental illness, wouldn't you treat it with more fragility? Do you wouldn't treat you treat depression like that? Yeah. Like or schizophrenia? <laughs> yeah, no. Exactly. You don't sit here and call them um, uh, deviants Crazy and, and pedophiles and, and shit like that. But, but yep. when we talk about mental illness, you don't think it's a mental illness that um, you're – that you're – putting so much energy into something that literally has no effect on your life at all? You don't think – that you need help being that you're a felon, 
that mm. needed to be pardoned by Donald Trump because you're a uh, you committed grand larceny or whatever the hell it is. Oh, you shit. don't think it's crazy that you're trying to run for politics, but you don't have an asset to speak of, which is why I couldn't sue you. You don't think that you have bigger <laughs> fish to fish to fry. I think that you have bigger things to worry about, like mm. maybe mending your relationship with your daughter and stop being so miserable with yourself that you're project- projecting your hatred and trying to find um, relevance um, under the guise of being this hateful black woman because what you don't recognize is all you're doing is making all other black women look you're perpetuating you're perpetuating that same stereotype that people put on black women which is angry and black and hateful mm-hmm. like you could approach things in such a more civil way like what made you feel like you could take my pictures and shit of all the people that were experienced pregnancy since my first pregnancy, mm-hmm. you could have chosen a white person, but you didn't. You went for the one black person that you could mm-hmm. find, and you decided to attack me. And, bitch, I was just, what, a couple of days out of a C-section with a premature mm-hmm. child, staples still in my stomach. Ooh. And you sit here attacking me and sending your minions on me to, win, to, to try to win an election that you lost mm. and that you really had no shot at because they're never – you are unhinged. Mm-hmm. Not even just that. You're a black woman, like right. in a conservative right. space. Like they, unless you like Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> but also, not, you gotta she, you gotta understand that she was she was one of the people that were like a Trump supporter. They mm-hmm. don't like you, no matter how much you pander to them, no matter how no. much you throw trans people under the bus, no matter how you say racism doesn't exist. They are racist, and they don't. They will never like you. Right. Exactly. And with that about it is you know I've, I'm kind of watching her daughter evolve before our eyes like mm-hmm. you know being in ballroom she's growing into a beautiful young lady so it's like you missing out on yep. your child's life and then I even paid attention to when her daughter um, she goes by JB's and they both were kind of just like shit I'm gonna just get this easy check go on Dr. Phil mm-hmm. and you know and then her mama got off of it and was like it's a leftist Dr. Phil is a leftist <laughs> platform and you know meanwhile JB's was like shit I got that easy money real quick I right. knew she was gonna act how she act that ain't right. nothing new and I'm like damn this is sad and it's for really the public sad. to see mm-hmm. you go through this you really embarrassing yourself at the end and, of the day and, and showing exactly who you are and I mm-hmm. always tell people you're, the way you feel about me is yours to feel mm-hmm. it's when you feel like you need to get on a public platform mm-hmm. and spew hatred and malice towards someone who is doing nothing to you but mm-hmm. existing that speaks more about you than anything else on this planet mm-hmm. and that's why when people act like her I just let them Truth be told, though, like a lot of them, they trying to get those elections and that's get those those books sold. And you know what I'm right. saying? Some of them might right. not even really feel that deeply about they it, but really because don't. there's an audience yep. for everything nowadays, mm-hmm. is money in, yep. in it. So exactly. that's why a lot of them are how they are, but, and, and not recognizing that you're putting people's lives in danger mm-hmm. um, by doing so. But you know, rock out. I hope that that yep. little bit of coin is worth it. <laughs> so like in the midst of all that negativity and backlash, cause I'm sure you get so much, we could talk about it for days and days. Yes. <laughs> so in the midst of that, um, you know, getting support from the likes of Laverne Cox and Ari Lennox, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Did that make you want to keep going? And did that give you that extra push at all? I, I, what I will say is I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Um, 
I think a lot of people have this idea of me that they think that I think a certain way about myself. Mm-hmm. But anybody who actually knows me knows I just think I'm a regular ass person. Right. Like, I don't walk around every day like Laverne Cox hit me that she actually <laughs> follows me, girl. Ari Lennox sent me voice notes. Like, I don't do that. Like, I just don't. Right. Um, I'm not the type of person that throws that shit out there regularly. Right. I don't, I'm not the person that wakes up every morning patting myself on the back. I'm that person that wakes up every morning thinking about how much harder I need to work and what I need to do to make changes in this space and this space and this space. Um, those moments for me just were kind of like, okay. I'm not doing all this in vain. People are seeing me. Right. You know what I mean? Those are the moments that keep me going, but it's not because it's not just Laverne Cox. It's not just Ari Lennox. It's not just, uh, you know, whatever other public figures are following me or have given me accolades. It's, the everyday person that messages me like, hey, you know, uh, my child is transitioning and your page helped me, you know, really understand how to approach that. Thank you so much. Like my child watches you every day. They love you so much. Da, yeah. da, da, da. That's the type of shit that keeps me pushing because it lets me know that the work that I'm actually doing for the community um, is working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's less about who Mm-hmm. Like what their stature is, and more about the why. Right. So, do, so you do work outside of just social media. Absolutely. Just you do workshops yes. and all mm-hmm. that different stuff. And I think that's what makes the difference between being like an activist versus just an influencer. Right. A lot <laughs> of people think that I get told all the time to get a real job. All the time. All the time, despite the fact that Damn. I've taught at Yale, Harvard, Duke University, University of North Carolina, Temple University, baby, I've spoken to, I can't say one of the names, a very big company, Ikea, Acura, like I've literally nice. been doing all of this stuff, despite the, and also on top of the fact that a lot of the people that y'all are going to to get care from, I'm teaching them about transness and gayness and anti-blackness in medical spaces in a way that they've never heard it, which is propelling them to want to change their practices. So I'm one of the reasons why y'all are about to start receiving equitable, inclusive care. And you're telling me to go get a reg- a real job just because all you see is social media. That's crazy. So you've been doing this shit for like, what, 10 plus years or about 10 years yeah so it's not like you just not working you know what i mean how else are you living taking care of your children you know what i mean so um hold on hold on okay so you were first publicly uh trans and pregnant like we explained, you know what I'm saying? In a time, especially in a time where it was taboo. Mm-hmm. So, what made you have the confidence to be visible with that? Because I'm sure it's some trans men that are pregnant behind the scenes mm-hmm. and wouldn't dare um, post that. And yeah, um, and I and I help a lot of them. Believe it or really? not. Really? Again, there's a lot of things that I just don't have to make public. Right. But there are a lot of trans men. That if they felt the need to, which I do not encourage, I don't care if they do or not, um, would tell you, like, I take the time out despite how busy I am. I'd be like, text me if you need me. I'm trying to find resources for them. And I never tell a soul. Your secret Mm -hmm. is your secret. Your life is your life. Mm -hmm. For me, 
when I first found out I was pregnant, I told my my ex husband, I said, I'm just gonna be in the house for the rest of the, this pregnancy. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. It was one day I was sitting in the parking lot. I was in school college at the time, and I was just sitting in the parking lot waiting for my next class to to start. And I called him and I said, I lied. I'm not about to sit here and hide this. Mm-hmm. I was like, because somebody is going to mm-hmm. benefit from me being open. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I recorded a video. It's still on my YouTube sitting Mm -hmm. right in my car. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I did like my whole announcement and everything like that. Um, I never, again, I never did it with the, with wanting to be famous or Mm -hmm. for attention or anything like that. My whole thing was somebody else out there is going to go through this. Right. Um, And and it's okay. Like all we had at the time was Thomas Beatty. Mm. Who was Cool Peoples? Don't get oh, oh, yeah. Thomas Beatty is the one that was on um, I, Oprah. I remember seeing um, him really young. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I was—I actually was going to be on a show with him, so I, I've had nice. interaction with him. He's a really dope guy, very, very op- open and friendly. But he's also not black, right? You know what I mean? And so I was like, you know, even back then, I was thinking about representation, and it was scary because mm-hmm. I remembered what I got for just being gay. Mm. You know, and I got a bunch of backlash from, especially within the trans community, mm. um, before this, the whole viral thing happened, happened, I was already getting people that were so mad at me mm. in the community because why would you put this out there that makes people not see me as a man? And I'm like, how me do it? How? Mm-hmm. You sound crazy. It's those, those, those underlying, like under, underlining respectability politics and shit like that even classism when it comes to surgery and i was talking about that like some people be like you ain't get this surgery like man up like i've seen some guy do that like man up get your bottom surgery like you acting like a bitch right now yeah yeah like you don't want bottom surgery like no no i don't want bottom surgery yeah and i'm still a man Exactly, and you have bottom surgery, and you're still a man. And and it's it's even some trans women that be like, we not the same, like right, the other, yeah, trans to the other trans women. It's like this this goal to be the most trans. It's like, girl, <laughs> the closest you are to cisgender, right? The more valid right, your trans you are. are. Yeah. we all know that cis people are not the the fucking goal here. Like, mm-hmm. I think when people steer away from that. You know, us as a trans community will be so much better. But mm-hmm. that's why, you know, even as somebody who's an advocate, you, I don't have a lot of trans friends. Mm-hmm. It's not because I don't want them. Mm-hmm. It's because this is weird competition happening all that's the time. That's true. I have that's a true. real life that I, and kids I got to worry about. I am not in competition with you. I've been transitioning <laughs> now for 14 years. I am not in competition with you. I have been through the gamut, baby. I am not in competition with you. If I befriend you, it's because I see you as a friend and that's it. The minute I start seeing dick measuring contests happening, I'm out. (laughs) The minute I start seeing that you trying to fuck my man just because you want to one-up me, I'm out and I'm also going to beat your ass. Like, that's where I be at with it. So I just distance myself. I can love my community Mm -hmm. without being fully immersed in it because I see what happens Mm -hmm. in it, especially in the black community. And what, when you say that, I've had a lot of challenges with um, some trans people as well. and had conf- conflicts and stuff. And some people will say, fuck the trans community. I'm going to be stealth. And yeah. 
fortunately, I didn't do that. I was like, I'm going to still love on my yes. people and just deal with people yes. on an individual mm-hmm. level. You know what I'm saying? I even dealt with inviting people to my podcast, even the last one I was on, and they would flake out on me. They'll say yes, agree to it, flake out so much. So it's not that I don't want to be friends and have more conversations with trans men and all that. It's just something in there where it's like we can't stick together as well as trans women seem to stick together. I don't know. I mean, I see a lot of moments where trans women don't stick together either. I'm not going to take away from either community. I'm not going to give to either community. We all have our issues, Um, just like any community. Let's be real. Um, But what I've noticed, and I like to only speak for on trans masculine people um, because that's my lane. And mm-hmm. I don't like to speak on the trans feminine experience because that's not my lane. Right. Um, but what I've noticed is there's a lot of, and they don't even realize it, that cis people um, and other communities are pitting us against each other by mm. saying, I ain't never seen a transition look good, good as yours. Yeah, good they job. do do that. You know they do Ooh, that. You look so good. I wish I did all these other trans men would look yeah, like right. that. And then so we start looking at ourselves in the mirror. And so every time we mm-hmm. see somebody, we're like, Damn, he mm-hmm. got muscle. I got to take my ass to the gym. Oh. oh, he got a beard. I need to grow a beard. Oh, shit. You know, like, uh, my voice isn't mm. deep enough. Let me talk like this. I yeah. got to mask it up to, in order to be valid. And so there's yeah. all this pitting against each other. So there's, like, this jealousy. Yeah. Whether it's implicit or conscious, it, it's happening. Yeah. And so that is what hinders a lot of us from from being able to um to be friends and be community and mm. i always wonder okay so once you feel like you've hit that space of of golden boy transness what's next mm-hmm. you know what the, them people are gonna do they're gonna find the next one to praise and you're gonna be sitting there looking stupid that's true because they do they do be like you the sexiest yep. trans man mm-hmm. i ever seen but be saying that to other people too but it annoys me because annoys i also be like you tripping because it's a lot of other trans men out here that look good i'll literally say that yeah like, like it's why a would lot you of even say that? i'll be like nah it's definitely some that look good. i don't even respond to stuff like that. <laughs> i can't stand it it's kind of like a like a backhanded compliment like we all can't be looking good right Right. Like, I'm sure you've seen a handsome cis man. Do you walk up to him and say, damn, you're the baddest I've ever seen? You know it's not the baddest you've never ever seen. Stop it. It's so many to But it's like that internalized pit. And they they might Mm -hmm. even not realize that they're doing it. Mm -hmm. But it's like they're pitting us against each other. That's true. That's true. So, on one hand, people say that we don't reproduce. And that's why we're an issue. Child. And then when we do reproduce, Mm -hmm. they say the child is going to grow up confused and we're being harmful to our children by Mm -hmm. having kids. Like, even when it comes to adopting, like, um, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? What would you say to that? I would say, girl, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Because let's be real. When you look at news articles and you see um, parents who were neglecting and outright abusing their children, feeding them bleach and and starving them to death or um, murdering them and putting them in um, freezers and all of that stuff. Are you seeing trans and gay people doing those things? No. It's usually cisgender heterosexual couples. You might see like every once in a while a same-sex couple, but let's not act like bad people within um, different communities can't exist and that not make the entire community um, that. But Mm -hmm. as soon as a trans or black or or gay person does something, um, they're like, see, look at the gays. But y'all are completely ignoring the fact that the majority 
of child abuse case, uh, cases, child neglect ca- cases come from cisgender heterosexual people. Mm-hmm. And um, as an as a as a person within the community, that is true of me with my parents. Mm-hmm. So why do we automatically think that people in the community are somehow bad people? I'll tell you why. Because y'all hear LGBT and y'all think sex. Mm-hmm. Y'all hear LGBT and you hear pedophile for some strange ass reason, which I don't, yep. pedophilia and LGBT are not synonymous. They're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a pedophile is a pedophile. Mm-hmm. They're an individual that needs to seek help. Uh, a person in the community is somebody who is attracted to the same sex or trans or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of those things, because y'all see us as sexual deviants, you mm-hmm. assume that we're going to have kids and somehow molest them or try to make them into gay, make them gay or mm-hmm. make them trans or make them something else. And where's the proof? There's none. Mm-hmm. There's literally none. Mm-hmm. Just and, and, the, and the other side of that proof is look how many gay people came from heterosexual parents. Exactly. Exactly. Because if that were the truth, all of us would be heterosexual, right? Right. If our parents had some bearing on our sexuality, we have, like, for example, I came from a family that it was either my sexuality or them, mm-hmm. right? We have parents that are trying to beat the gay out of their kids. We're having parents that are sending kids to conversion camps and damn near killing them. And at the end of all that, they're still gay. Mm-hmm. So if our parents had that much of a bearing on our sexuality to whereas me just being trans and gay will make my p- kids trans and gay. Why is the reverse not the same exactly. for heterosexual people? Exactly. How is it being told that you didn't belong in medical settings for pregnant women and also being offered an abortion multiple times? Um, it was super frustrating. It was um, traumatizing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's an understatement. Um, that that is honestly what propelled me to start doing what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I really started taking um, doing these workshops and everything seriously, my my focus was medical professionals and birth reproduction uh, reproductive uh, justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that is because I thought to myself, I'm a pretty strong. I have thick skin because again, been doing this for ten you years. You got to. There's nothing that anybody can say to me, misgender me, calling me girl and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Girl, okay, and um, <laughs> that doesn't bother me. Like none of that bothers me. Mm-hmm. But I thought to myself, if this affects me. Mm-hmm. Even in the slightest, imagine somebody who isn't as thick skinned as me, who mm-hmm. has no experience in this or is, you know, a vulnerable person or whatever the case may be. That could be enough for them to unalive themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I didn't I don't want to see that. We mm-hmm. shouldn't have to experience trauma in the hands of the people who we entrust our lives with. Um, but it was it was daunting. And uh, it, it 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 made my pregnancies a lot more difficult than they should have been. And pregnancy for anyone, whether it's planned, not planned, for trans person, cis woman, anybody, Mm -hmm. should be a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Or at least an experience that doesn't make you want to walk in the traffic. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, And for medical professionals to be contributing to that harm is absolutely nuts. Yeah. So... Um, I think some trans men, such as myself in the past, 
<laughs> have had this misconception that testosterone prevents you from getting pregnant. It's not a misconception because, well, it is a misconception. Yeah. But it's not like it's something that you just made up in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what medical professionals are telling us. They're still doing mm-hmm. it to this to this day. I still have mm-hmm. people me- uh, messaging me. Um, my my doctor told me I should mm-hmm. freeze my eggs before I start tea. I really want to start tea. What mm-hmm. should I do? I don't have the tens of thousands of dollars to to, to freeze my eggs. And I just look. At, sometimes I have to look at people and I'd be like. I tell y'all all the time, I've been on <laughs> testosterone for 14 years and I have a two-year-old. Why are you believing these people still? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, true, true. I think that we need, and that's another reason why I do the trainings that I do. Because a lot of medical professionals uh, we entrust our care to don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're mm. just passing off things as facts. We all have testosterone in our bodies already. Mm. So adding more is not going to render us infertile. I think the generation um, from mine and before Mm -hmm. might be like the guinea pigs and they might be fixing everything, all the kinks out now. Then the next generation will probably hopefully benefit. But that's that's going to come from visibility and and us advocating for ourselves, because if we don't, they're going to keep doing the same things. True. And that goes with going to make sure you go to the doctor and shit. Mm-hmm. Some, most people, most trans people I know go to the doctor to get their levels checked, might get a few tests here and there as far as like sexual tests mm-hmm. and then call it a day. <laughs> Cause yeah. I know that's, that was pretty much how I did. Like every three months, go see one yeah. doctor. A lot of us do that. Get I levels mean, a lot of us do that because who feels like that all the time? Who Hell feels like yeah. having to be like, it's sir. It's he, him. Plug me up with everything and test me for everything every time. Who feels like doing all that? But the irony of this conversation is uh, I came across a TikTok last night of a guy highlighting his friend. Wish I could think of his name off the top of my head, um, who passed away two years ago of sepsis because he didn't want to go to the doctor because he's a black trans man. And he left behind his daughter. Um, Take y'all asses to the doctor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please go to the doctor. Yeah. So postpartum depression can last up to two years. Mm-hmm. I was telling my sister this because she was my my nephew just made two. And I was like, you know, because her and her husband was having a lot of issues. I'm mm-hmm. like, could it be that, you know, you might be part of the problem? <laughs> because I know parts yeah. postpartum can last up to two years. Yeah. And then she was like, you know what? It might. I mean, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. okay. So how have you experienced that if you experienced that? And how did you yeah. navigate it? Um, with my first pregnancy, I had postpartum depression, PTSD, and anxiety. Mm. And I was all the way suicidal. I wasn't almost suicidal. I was all the way suicidal. It was the scariest moment of my life. Um, and I say moment, but it was two years Mm -hmm. and, um, postpartum care for, we're first going to talk about black cis women is already not non-existent. We Mm. know that maternal care for black cis women, um, black cis women have the highest mortality rate Mm -hmm. in maternal spaces add the layer of being trans and that care is basically non-existent. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when I tried to seek care for postpartum depression, what they wanted to do was put me on an antidepressant and the only antidepressant that they offered me was going to take away. And I quote my ability to orgasm. Damn. 
And I was like, so you really want me to be the happiest part of <laughs> little bit of dopamine that I might get. Right. <laughs> the best part. <laughs> like, I was like, absolutely not. So I had to yeah. navigate that shit by myself by seeking out community. And that's when I first came across doulas and things of that nature. Um, and mm. honestly, doula saved my life um, and helped me understand what I was going through. Um, but those first two two years were were, were hard, which mm-hmm. is why when people approach you and be like, I want you to have my baby, you think it's just 10 months of and it's right. not nine, just nine months. It's actually over nine months, damn near 10 months of pregnancy. You think that's just it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to give you my baby and everything. Just go back to regular life. That's not how that works. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of mental, emotional and physical things that go along with pregnancy. Exactly. That's why the people pay surrogates because right. they know. Exactly. <laughs> and you still have to pay them in the postpartum and trust me y'all can't afford it (laughs) exactly so what advice would you give to like trans men that might be considering but have very strong dysphoria and that might be preventing them for even pursuing that um i was having a conversation uh there was a trans a younger trans man who hit me up on tiktok yeah um, and he was feeling extreme dysphoria. He was like, I'm not usually dysphoric or anything like that. And I was like, well, the first thing you need to do is process why you're feeling that dysphoria. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time, the dysphoria that we have is based off of our own um, perceptions of what society thinks we should look like, be like, act like, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And I can't, I'm not going to say that there's like a cure for dysphoria, right. but there, there has to come a part in your, in your transition where you decide to love yourself so much that even in your dysphoric moments, you are centered in who you are. Right. Not right. saying you're never going to feel uncomfortable. During my pregnancy, I experienced some dysphoria, some, very little, but some, mm. you know what I mean? Um, nobody's immune to it. Um, but that shouldn't be a hindrance. If you want to bring life into this world from your body, do it. Fuck mm-hmm. what anybody else says because every night when you go to sleep, you go to sleep by yourself. And every morning when you wake up, you wake up to yourself. And then people that you are allowing to stop you from doing things, mm-hmm. they are going about their happy ass lives mm-hmm. while you're sitting and living in misery mm-hmm. trying to appease them. Mm-hmm. And not only that, a lot of negative self-talk is just coming from yourself and a lot of people not really thinking about you as much as you think they they are are. they worry about their own life and that's my point a lot of our dysphoria comes from self Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so would you consider yourself to be binary okay so (laughs) um um yes Mm-hmm. I would consider myself to be binary. However, as I'm growing and evolving, mm-hmm. I'm finding myself coming so much more comfortable with maybe loosening that mm-hmm. binary restriction I've been giving myself. Mm-hmm. Um, even down to, like we were talking about the other day, um, how I refer to my body parts. Um down to when people try to misgender me and I internalize that, um, like realizing that being called a woman 
isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world because, um, especially being that I'm black, you're calling me a black woman. And I think black women are absolutely <laughs> the fuck amazing. Black women are, are goddesses. They're fucking, uh, superior beings. So thank you. Um, <laughs> but also like, you know, my gender expression and who I am, yeah. um, has always been centered in societal, um, cliches if you will mm. um and i realized that a long time ago i kind of stopped i i've never really been i've never followed the rules per se so mm-hmm. um am i ever going to be like non-binary prop no <laughs> i'm a man and, and and i'm very comfortable in me being a man but right. i also i'm like ebbing over into like less being like strict i'm a binary trans man into like hmm Mm, okay you know what i'm saying understanding that my gender can be fluid and some days some days baby i do feel a lot more feminine i do feel like you know um Mm -hmm. i'm okay with whatever i'm Mm -hmm. i I, i'm always going to use like he him pronouns it's just where my comfort level stands with but what I accept as far as like compliments and all that and all, and all that good stuff, um, definitely is starting to waver a lot more. You so, like being called pretty. Yes. And... I love being called me pretty. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I refer to myself as a princess nowadays um, <laughs> because I, I decided I'm in my soft era. So you're going to treat me like a goddamn princess. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that is stuff I would have never said years ago. Right. Right. So um, that's what I mean. But I mean, that's my long answer of saying, Yes, I'm binary, but like not. <laughs> yeah. So so what do you think about some people feel like calling yourself binary as a trans person is stupid and you know, you already going outside of the binary by being trans. So like <laughs> what would I you say that, to that? I think that opinions are like assholes and everybody <laughs> um, I I I always say to people that um, you're allowed to have your own opinions on things. Does that make them right? Absolutely not. Does it make it intelligent? Absolutely not. Does it make it facts? Definitely not. Right. Um, the fact is that when we're talking about binary, we're not in the, in the sense of gender identity. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about um, a strict either or. We're not talking about... Um, the scientific version of binary. Mm. We're talking about the socially understood definition of binary, mm. right? So when I say that I'm a binary trans man, I mean that my identity aligns with that of man and only mm-hmm. what society dese- de- deems man. Mm. I don't, my, my identity mm. as in my pronouns or how I see myself doesn't waver. Mm -hmm. I'm always just this. Whereas, because I would never disrespect non-binary people, gender fluid people, gender queer people, two spirited people. Those people are non-binary and they're super valid. Right. I myself don't identify as that. There's Mm -hmm. just so much politics around how trans people are supposed to conduct themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think it's absolutely asinine and full of shit. Those are the same people that will say, well, you're a trans man. Why would you raise your daughter's, as women what <laughs> what would you like for me to raise them as potatoes That's i raise crazy. my daughters as girls and give them the space and let them know that if that ever changes they have a space to come to me and if it doesn't that's fine too like that's crazy people say that yes 
what the hell is <laughs> I don't know. But it'd be, it'd be, it'd, it'd be interesting to me. Like, people, it, even in the trans community, put so many rules on yes, each other. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It makes like, no sense. It'd be like, this is very contradictory. You just do you, and I'm going to do me. <laughs> yeah, you worried about me. <laughs> like. But, um, shit, what was that? Okay. Do you think it's hard to be trans in the black community? I wouldn't say that it's hard to be trans. Yeah. I believe that the pressures are a lot more strict mm. than that of the white. White trans people can be who they want to be, baby. <laughs> baby. I'm not even going to sit here and hold you. I told you, I've, I've said it before. Just because I'm an advocate does not mean that I've never been problematic. And I'll right. never forget years ago, the first time I ever went to the first Philly Trans Health Conference. And I walked in there and there were white people with beards and titties out. And I was so confused because <laughs> I was like, what the hell is happening here? Because in the black community, you don't really see that happening. Yeah, Let's nah. be real. And I'm fully immersed yeah, in the black nah. community. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, <laughs> and I realized that like in the white community, trans people can just be trans, baby. In any, whatever shape, way, or form it, it that is, but being trans in the black community you're expected to adhere to certain standards mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so is it hard per se no but the reason why it's not hard is because i was already black mm-hmm. so i know what i already mm-hmm. came into this knowing what was expected of me if that makes sense mm-hmm. um but i could say that if transracial was a thing, right? <laughs> if transracial was a thing and say I was a white person and now I'm stepping into the black community, mm-hmm. that would be hard for them to adjust to, um, if that makes sense. But it's not hard for me because I live this and have my entire life. That makes sense. <laughs> That's a good analysis. So, um, do so. I, we were just talking about the ballroom scene or whatever. Uh-huh. So, do you think it's trans friendly at all? A lot of people say they don't care for the ballroom because of the transphobia. I haven't been in a ballroom like that okay. to know. I've but... been in ballroom since I've been transitioning. Yeah. Um, and I definitely took a step back from it. Um, mainstream. Um, uh, okay. I took a st- uh, step back from it um, because I realized that. One, realness, trans man realness is problematic in and of itself, just mm. off the strength that it doesn't acknowledge that different types of trans men exist. Oh. Um, and in order to be real in the ballroom scene, you have to be thuggish and super hyper-masculine, and mm. they even take into account your personal life, which is stupid. Um, <laughs> if you're a gay trans man, or See, that's what I was how wondering. you have sex and everything, they let that all play a role, which is crazy because we're in a room full of gay men mm. who are either getting bent or doing the bending, and they get to walk realness and nobody's batting an eyelash. But trans men, we have to live into this, live up to this standard, um, which is nuts to me. Um, mm. And I remember I got told that I was too much of a pretty boy. They always said, Caden, you're going to get your tens, but you're probably not going to win that much because you're too much of a pretty boy. Nowadays, mm. this was a while back. Mm. Nowadays, trans male realness, because everybody decided that they want to try a trans man, trans mm-hmm. male realness has turned into basically a different version of sex siren where you're supposed to be sexy. They, mm. they choose who they want to win based off of who they want to fuck less Mm. than what the realness category is supposed to call for. So I stopped um, participating in 
mainstream for that very reason. Um, and I do feel like there's a lot of transphobia, and I do feel like there's also the idea that um, for trans men specifically, um, they don't put as much thought into our category as they do as other categories. They do not offer cash. They want us to spend all this money to get to mm. whatever state it is, spend money to for where we stay, spend money for the outfit we're going to wear there, spend money for the outfit we have to wear to even walk the category, pay to get in, and we get nothing in return. Well, there's barely ever any categories where they offer us mm. any money, whereas all the other categories get that. Yeah, because even with the trans women, they have different categories than just realness. But I ask people about that and they say, well, it's because trans men never show up and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I mean, maybe because they want to participate in something else than just realness. I don't know. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You're starting to see more trans men walk like uh, sex siren and stuff like that. Right. But that's still kind of just like an objectification of of. of trans men and like you don't give us any it's either be naked or in a blue collar look Mm. or a suit like that's boring (laughs) as fuck i'm tired of buying suits and and overalls bitch like give me something else you know what i'm saying and then and then for there are trans men who vogue right i didn't know but the minute i love watching vogue though that's probably my favorite category yes. in ballroom um that's why i got with my ex Ooh, that man folks but anyway <laughs> um, uh uh trans men who vogue suddenly when trans men vogue they're mm. less men less of men yeah that's crazy so they still hold us to a, a certain exactly st- like a box mm-hmm. they still encapsulate us exactly. encapsulate us in yes. a box. that's crazy mm-hmm so what advice would you give to people that are considering joining like trans men considering um when you're joining ballroom um ballroom for me is more about building a family than anything else okay um trying to join ballroom to make a name for yourself or you know as a way to Again, ballroom is another thing that pits trans men against other trans men, mm. right? Where I think even with the trans women too, with the trans women yep. too. But but the gay men they don't pit each other against each other the same ways in the same mm. ways, right? Um, hmm. So it's 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 really funny to watch. But you know, I would just say to be very careful and um, understand that. I love ballroom and I want to be clear about that. Yeah. Um, but all that glitters is not gold. Right. Um, so, you know, if you're joining ballroom, join it. You, you're going to meet some amazing ass people. And you're going to make some dope ass connections and mm. networking. And there's a lot of talent in ballroom, but I want you to protect your peace while you're there. Right. Uh, don't fall into the, cause there's definitely a negative side of ballroom and don't fall into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make sure you keep your individuality and don't let them change you into anything else other than what you're comfortable with being. Right. I feel like try. I feel like you could get carried away with yes. certain surgeries to. to There's a lot of people that progress in surgery in their transition in ways that they never wanted to mm. simply because of ballroom. I know a lot of trans um well, former trans women who transitioned mm. because of ballroom and then realized that they weren't trans women, but ballroom kind of coaxed them into it. Oh, shit. 
it's definitely happened. And it's not like a overt, like, you got to transition. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, you would you, be pretty. You ate that up, but if you, if, baby, if you were ever yeah. to transition, and then it's like, if people keep planting that ear, mm-hmm. I mean, that, 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 that narrative in your ear, you might be like, baby, I, that's what I'm supposed to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you, I said earlier, the mind is a kind of like a crazy thing. And if you're not the type of person who's grounded in who you are, it's easy to get carried away. Mm, okay, okay. So where do you think the trans movement is headed? I know that's probably a hard question, broad question. <laughs> um, I think that there are many directions in which it's moving. Um, my only hope is that it's forward moving. Um, I'm noticing a lot of people opening up their minds within the trans community, opening yeah. up their minds a lot more than, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago. Um, I think that for trans masculine people, it's headed in a space of visibility. Um, my only worry is that with social media and being a social influ- a social media influencer yeah. becoming like this big thing. Everybody wants to make money off of social media and stuff. Mm. Um, there's a lot of trans people that are getting on these platforms and spreading information, which could result in some, some s- taking a few steps back. Um, so what you mean? Like so steps back, like, um, hurting us or yeah, in a, in a oh. negative way. Um, mm. Because there are a lot of people getting on platforms and saying, a lot of people hide behind, use their biases Mm -hmm. as facts, Mm. and then preface it with, as a trans man, this is true, right? Even if it's not true, but people have no choice but to believe you if they've never seen any other trans men, or if if your rhetoric aligns with theirs, Mm. or whatever the case may be. And there's just a lot of negative ways that that can go. Mm-hmm. Just because you're trans, there's a lot of people, and I think a lot of people don't recognize this. There's a lot of people that transition that don't really know much about being trans. And I know that sounds crazy, right? But there's a That's lot true. of people that refer to themselves as a transgender, for example. <laughs> yeah. Or have very weird ideas of what testosterone does or have just like, and they'll pass that information on as though it's facts. Mm, right. Right. And then, so there's people like me that are coming behind. Wait, 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 this ain't it. This, that's not this, this is not that, but it's, it's once damage is done, it's, it's harder to clean up. Mm-hmm. You can you know tell I mean? some of them not in community with other trans right. people. It's kind of like yeah. that person that you were talking about, about getting bottom surgery. Right. So if I'm somebody who knows nothing about the trans community and I see that now in my brain, mm-hmm. the way for somebody to be valid as a trans person is only if they get bottom surgery. So now I feel like it's okay for me to ask, well, have you gotten the surgery yet? Mm-hmm. Because now I'm trying to decide whether or not you're valid. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Stuff like that. People don't recognize it right off rip, but mm-hmm. all of those things matter. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I think that it's a lot of people that are more visible than ever before. Um, and I think it's beautiful because at one point it was like what you were saying, the focus is only on trans women. And then now you have some trans men, some that come out and be like, well, I'm a trans man and this is actually false. And right. you know what I mean? Right. Now we're seeing more trans of that. women and, yeah, and uplifting yeah. our community. And then well. trans women bring up trans men and right. In the midst of these conversations, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's pretty dope. I um, agree. So tell me about um, 
Papa Seahorse and transgender, trans agenda, transgender, transgender time. Okay, I'm sorry. How did um, how did they come about? Yeah, um, so Papa Seahorse came from. Um, it was actually an accident. Um, I took a picture on the beach after a long stint in the hospital. Yeah, and I captioned it. Um, Papa Seahorse at the beach. I didn't put any thought into it yeah. uh, because we always refer to each other as Seahorse Dad, mm-hmm. and I accidentally coined that term. And I was like, okay, let me go ahead and ru- and run with that. Um, I'm actually in the process of rebranding mm-hmm. because someone mm-hmm. who is white um, decided to start using that term, mm. and instead of fighting him about it, because I'm not. It's not, I'm not giving it the energy. I'm going to let him have it, and I'm just going to rebrand, and my rebrand is Transgender Time. Transgender Time came about, um, I did a couple of collabs with the lovely Blair Amani. If you're not following her, follow her. She does the series Smarter in Seconds. Mm-hmm. And after being on a couple of hers, I started thinking about how beneficial it would be to have an education series where it's short enough to keep our now ADHD, everybody ADHD these days, short attention spans (laughs) where you fit a lot of education in that, in that moment. So I hit her up and I was like, would you feel like I'm stealing from you if I kind of took your idea and made it into trans? And she was like, absolutely not. Matter of fact, let's set up a meeting. And we sat down and she told me exactly what to do. And I was like, I, I immediately just ran with it. And, um, it aligns with my educational side of things. So, you know, transgender time is now my little baby. I think I've done like 21 episodes so far. And if you look at the, um, hashtag, um, on, uh, like TikTok and, uh, I I don't really hashtag on Instagram, but on TikTok, um, it's gotten about a million views well, over a million views on, on it. And that's just from my, Hmm. what I've posted. So there's a lot of uh, education happening and I'm very proud of it. Okay. So any other future projects coming up? Just focus on a ton of projects. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You seem like you be busy, like scattered around. Um, And my issue is that as soon as I get a new idea, I'm like, let's add that to the list. Like I don't already have a thousand things coming up. Um, I'm currently working on a um, survey that I conducted analyzing a survey that's going to help us really start to recognize, um, how power and privilege, um, work, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to the different identities, cisgender, um, queer sexualities, but also white and black people. So the difference between, you know, what white people experience and what black people experience in the trans community and the queer communities, um, that's going to be a long going thing. Cause it's a whole, I didn't expect, mm. <laughs> I think it was like 700 people that, um, responded to the survey. So it's a lot of data that I have to go through. Um, I also have a couple of projects coming up. Um, I started a body positivity campaign, um, to uplift, uh, fat bodies, just Mm. trying to unlearn fat phobia, um, as a whole. Um, and I have, um, a black trans masculine group specifically just for black trans masculine people that is starting to come up. Something you rarely see. Yeah. Um, and I started it, but then (laughs) life got in the way. So I'm actually about to revamp that. I also have a group for, um, uh, part, uh, partner abuse survivors. Yeah. Um, cause we do not talk about 
partner abuse enough in the trans community, um, especially among trans I've never even people. heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, talking about the fact that a lot of us trans men, are, and I'm just going to be candid, are out here getting our asses beat by our partners and we can't say nothing because we're supposed to be men and so we can't complain about it um, or they're completely emotionally and mentally abusing us by constantly re- telling us that we're not real men and putting mm-hmm. us down and you know just dealing with like narcissistic abuse and things like that in relationships mm-hmm. um, it's not talked about enough yeah. and it's such a nuanced um, thing that a lot of people feel uncomfortable or mm-hmm. unsafe being open about it so I decided to make a group um, about it um, this is dope. And any other projects that I have going on, if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok, um, you will see it there. Okay, okay. So, um, that should be it. So, tell the people where to find you. So, all of my my TikTok and my Instagram are where I'm usually at, which is uh, Caden X Official, yeah. and YouTube. I think it's the same thing, but if you just type in Caden Coleman on YouTube, I'll pop up. Yeah, um, pretty much you can Google. Yeah, yeah, you I was going to say that. If you type in Caden <laughs> Coleman or Caden X Coleman on, on Google, everything that you want is going to be right there. <laughs> Literally, because that's all I had to do. Yeah. Was all I did was Google you, and then I saw these different I didn't even know I had, like, a Wikipedia. <laughs> I gagged. And then the Wikipedia was accurate as fuck. And I was like, these people didn't even ask me. How did they get all this information? I yeah. gagged. Shout out to whoever made that Wikipedia thing. <laughs> Shout out to you. So thank you for coming with me, Kaden. Right. I appreciate you for not flaking on me. Honestly, <laughs> like, like, I, I will... I will guarantee you that I'm going to be late, but I'm going to be there. Like, you don't understand how hard it is to get a black trans mask and a oh, voice, know. you know, from experience. From doing transgender time. I, trust yeah. me, I, mirror, I mirror it. I reach out to people all the time. And I'm, the craziest thing about transgender time is if you participate in it, all you literally have to do is say yes. I write the script for you, send it mm-hmm. to you. I tell you exactly how to record it. You did it. You did yes, it. You did exactly. it. You, you know exactly, exactly how it works. And people act like it's too much work and they just nope. flake. And I'm like, okay, nope. well, shit. Either, either you want to fucking scratch your brother's back or you want to just be on your own and do your own shit, I right. guess. I guess that's what it boiled down also, to. Also, when you're not scratching nobody else's back, don't complain when your back is itchy. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. And anybody scratch yours all right all right so from from a green-eyed man to a green-eyed man give them the green-eyed man stare oh <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i couldn't even have a straight right? face I was like... <laughs> <laughs> all right all right man thank you for coming <laughs> i just had to throw that out there <laughs> you know what i'm talking about hold up